Welcome to the Flyover Ministry Podcast, a practical youth ministry podcast for small church leaders by small church leaders. We are grateful that you have joined us for our journey through ministry-related topics that we hope help equip and encourage you as you serve Jesus wherever you are. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Jordan. And this is Flyover Ministry. Uh, the obligatory reference that we are looking for today is, should I stay or should I go? Insert guitar rift here. But Jordan, I'm very excited to talk about this discernment component of what we're talking about this month with you. Um, as one that we described last week as one who has acted on more calls, um, I think I'm just going to really bounce some questions off of you as we discuss this mutually. Because um, uh, I'll, I'll acknowledge that uh, when I was in college and seminary, all the places that I was doing ministry at uh, were wonderful, would not trade those experiences uh, for anything. I learned a lot, but at the same time, those experiences had an end date. So me serving where I'm at right now, it's a... Um, there's really no end date in sight. You know, we have, um, we're here until we're not is kind of the terminology that we've been using to describe our call here to Dalton. But um, trying to discern where uh, the Lord is leading us or if he is affirming the call to where you are at is what we're talking about today. So um, do you have anything to say before we get into this or are we just jumping into the deep end here? I think we can go pretty much right into the deep end. And then also recognize as we start just the uniqueness of every person's situation. And I'm just mm, looking yes. at myself to the two different times that I relocated um, were vastly different and you know, life circumstances were very different, all sorts of things. So one transition we didn't talk too much about was um, before moving out to North Dakota, I was serving in North Minneapolis at Hope Lutheran church there um, as the assistant youth director. So it was a part-time gig. And then mm. after graduating, um, I, I was meeting with some staff people there. And uh, one of the, I think you'd call him the executive pastor at that time, whatever, sat me down. and was just like, what are you looking at to the future? And um, I said, well, you know, I, I've enjoyed it here. And he's like, well, we can't really do any more than what we're doing. And so I was like, well, that's fine. Um, but then there were congregations that were offering full-time positions. And since I was looking at it more vocationally for like a career, um, I thought that that would be a better move. So that was a very practical thing. Um, and then I ended out in Beulah because that was the only church that like actually followed up. So there was a couple churches that were expressed interest to that sent like inquiries of sorts. And then, um, I met with pastor, Nyman from Beulah and kind of met out with the council there. And um, the other one that I felt something out for, I uh, just never heard back from. So they were unimpressed, I guess. Uh, but yeah, so that was that transition. And and then the next one I had gotten between that time, I'd gotten married, uh, had three children. Yes. The fourth one was on the way. Um and it was just a very different situation. So those things really all impact like where we're going as for a decision. So so as we're thinking about the final call, 
how do you figure out whether you go or whether you stay? Um, we've talked about bathing things in prayer. We've talked about having conversations with other people that can speak into your life, kind of pointing out the positives, the challenges, dealing with the practical things of like, is there going to be housing for my family? All of these different things. Um, so to highlight a couple th- different aspects today that we haven't necessarily covered, I would say really spend time knowing and affirming who you are in Christ. Um, we can feel the pressure of significance in a call because a, a church reaching out to you is a church that is in need and they're hoping that you will fit that need. And there's something about that that feels really good for us to be needed and wanted in that way, right? And if we're going to be making our decisions based off of that, that's not going to be a firm foundation for a healthy ministry. Instead, we need to be rooted in sufficiency of Christ and his identity for us, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And that falls in line, too, with what are the gifts? What are the strengths that he's given you? How does this potential opportunity fit that? And how could those be utilized to maximum effect? Um, And knowing the congregation, too. Like, do your personalities mesh? We talked a little bit about that, too. So those are some really big things that are going to lead you as you are figuring out this process. Um, and eventually you have to pull the trigger. And I think that's the scary part. Like when you're at the moment of decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah where it's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm either going to commit to this and step into uncertainty or I'm going to pass on this. And I guess that's that. Or the third option too, is I'm going to, reach out and say I'm interested. And then like we talked about last se- se- episode for, for both of us, our previous um, inquiries ended up not choosing us. So um, that's a possibility too. And how do you process that together? Right. And I, I will say that there's a little bit of a, um, a scapegoat mentality that you have when a church reaches out to you to say, will you consider this? Uh, as opposed to you reaching out for a job opening that a church might have posted. Because um, when you leave, you are, um, there is going to be some hurt there. You know, people will have that mentality of, well, you're leaving us. Was it something that we did wrong? Are we not taking care of you? And it's not necessarily that, but there is some some hurt there. Um, but the scapegoat mentality kind of comes from the, well, you know, it this other church was looking for me. Like they, they are the ones who pursued me. I'm, I'm not the one who actively was looking to leave. They're the ones who yeah. approached me, which, um, you know, you can take that kind of perspective on this, but, um, I do think like what we talked about in the first week of this series with trying to not over spiritualize this to, to look for the, um, the fleece, wh- whether it's soaked in dew or not kind of a sign. Uh, looking at you, Gideon, um, you, <laughs> Gideon, Bo. Oh man, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. <laughs> he said, "Yeah." Um, the uh, I, I think the kind of questions you ask though are 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 significant about who the Lord has made you to be, how He's gifted you. Is this uh, an opportunity that fits who you are? Um, and even to see like different priorities that the Lord may have placed on your heart, mm-hmm. uh, different priorities that are important, not just for you individually, uh, but also considering uh, for your family as well. You know, having 
your spouse, find a place to be able to uh, fit in and be become their own person in that setting. Uh, that's important. Yep. Um, I know some people relocate based off of um, proximity to family, uh, current responsibilities, the expectations that are placed on them. Um, I think there was uh, an opportunity for us to uh, really go out quite a ways recently, like uh, the furthest call that we've ever had geographically speaking. And for us, um, it sounds petty saying this, but for us, like a, a personal conviction of ours is that we want our kids to be close to grandparents. Like we want them to grow up um, in that kind of geographical proximity. Now that's going to limit where we say yes or what kind of calls we consider. Um, and there are some I'm sure that would look at that and say, but if the Lord is leading you, well then, you know, what about these missionaries that go cross oceans? Like, the Lord has placed that on their heart, and I'm not going to question that. And I feel that the Lord has placed this kind of priority on our heart as well. So there's a component where you're trying to not take yourself too seriously, but also to stand on convictions of, you know what, maybe the Lord is trying to stretch us, uh, but maybe not. You know, maybe that this is an opportunity for us to be able to say no and be affirmed where we're at, and also to look for new opportunities. Because I think when we say no uh, to new opportunities, to stay where we're at when we serve, um, it gives us a, a fresh perspective or, or a greater appreciation for what we have and where the Lord has called us. And it's helpful to remember that there was something that drew you to that place to begin with. Right. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, that... that Understanding your heart and the heart of the congregation that's inquiring is really significant too. I can remember one conversation with the congregation, um, and and in that conversation, we didn't make it very far in the process. Um, but you know, it was it was a season where it was pretty tempting because there was some some extenuating circumstances that were happening uh, at that particular time, and this congregation was reaching out and was having a email conversation with the pastor and just tell me about, you know, these priorities, what, what's going on with this. And, and that congregation was really focusing and wanting to focus on heavy evangelism, which is great. I have nothing against evangelism. It's, it's a really important thing um, for us to be involved with. And, uh, but my strength is not in evangelism. I, I would put myself more in the discipleship category. Um, that's where a lot of my attention and time goes. And I feel like, I've seen fruit from that more so. Um, and so that was just an example of of being able to say, I don't really think that this is the right fit. You know, I don't think I would serve this congregation to the extent that you're hoping for. And that was a helpful thing to know as we're, we're coming through that process. Um, but when we came to it, um, yeah, yeah. That, so that made that a fairly easy pass. Um, and, and you're, you're right about weighing those other convictions of your heart. Like God, God moves our hearts in certain ways, especially if we're coming to this whole process with open hands and we are genuinely seeking the Lord because the Lord can change things in our, our hearts too. Um, the Lord gives us desires and, and when we pray genuinely seeking his leadership and guidance, um, you know, the, the scripture talks about 
granting us what we pray for when we pray for things in Christ's name. And and I think that that goes along with with our hearts too. Christianity is not about like saying that you'll follow Jesus and he automatically puts you in the most miserable thing that you could ever find. You know, there there are times where we have to be willing to do that. We we talk about persecution and recognize that that is what we're called to and that's not necessarily pleasant. But at the same time, our life is not just about like, how can I make myself the most miserable? Um, he gives us joy and he is a good, loving God who, like mm-hmm. as scripture puts it, what good father, when his son asks for bread, will give him a stone or whatever, right? And and we get that picture of, of the fatherly nature of God. And so we don't have to be afraid when we're approaching this subject, thinking that if I ever really pray about this, God's going to send me to Africa, which is always the illustration um, that you hear. Uh, so we can trust in that. And I think that's that's a helpful perspective. Right. I'm reminded of Paul's uh, writings in Philippians 4 about learning to be content in, mm-hmm. in all things, whether we have plenty or whether we are really in the dregs. Um, finding contentment, like you had said at the beginning of this podcast, in our identity in Christ is what makes us content and allows us to continue to serve in uh, regardless of whatever situation is presented to us because we recognize that the Lord will be with us. Um, Paul's writing in Thessalonians, uh, he writes, you know, comfort your one another with this statement. The Lord will be near. The Lord will be with you. And I think that that is valuable to remember in this process. Um, let me share uh, on this a little bit. There were two particular churches that come to mind as we're talking about this as well, uh, coming out of seminary that were interested in pursuing, uh, just looking for a pastor, a senior pastor. And uh, for those that know me, I did not necessarily go to seminary to be a senior pastor. I was uh, very involved with youth ministry. And one church in particular uh, got very strong sense right off the gate that uh, what mattered the most to this church, uh, like you had said, was um, regarding evangelism. But this church really cared about how uh, we viewed the end times and what our eschatological views were. Now, um, eschatology is important, uh, important to know and study the whole word of God. Uh, but this was a, a hill that this church was willing to die on. And for me, it's not that. So that was a very easy no uh, to offer to that church. Um, and after that initial uh, inquiry, I sent them back kind of the information about myself and never heard back from that church. Um, there was another church, the second one, as we were talking, we did get pretty far in the interview process. And the call committee got back to me and said, we really appreciate the time that you've put into this. Uh, we really value the Lord's calling on your heart. We love that he's called you to student ministry, uh, to work with youth. And you, you really love youth ministry was the line that this individual <laughs> on the call committee said, you really love it. And we love it, but we are not looking for a youth pastor. We're looking for a senior pastor. So the day may come where we get to that spot where we're looking for somebody full-time to work with students, but right now um, that's not what we're looking for. So to recognize that um, in the same sense, um, the church may not seem like a good fit. Uh, you may not seem like a good fit for the church as well. Yeah. 
Um, and not to take that personally either, because I feel like getting rejected by uh, potential inquiry, like you reached out and then all of a sudden now you don't want me, like that's a, a little degrading on, on your pride <laughs> a yeah. bit. There's a lot of humbling that can happen through the call process. And um, that's that's good too. You know, I think that's help, helpful for us. So let's let's put this out there then. So you mm-hmm. you've been in conversation with the church. And you've had an interview out at the congregation. You've met the congregation. Um, and then you get back home, and a couple of weeks pass, so the congregation is able to have their, their meeting. And then you get word that the congregation unanimously approved to send you a letter of call. And so now the ball is in your court. Up until this point, we've really been talking about the process of, of processing uh, and now you have to decide. So we've we've hmm. taken into account all these different things, and now the decision's before you. Um, like you said, you've never done this before, but what what do you think it would take for you to say yes at that moment? Um, I think what it would take is very much what made us say yes to coming to serve in Dalton in the first place. Um, Things just kind of stacked up as we had a multiple conversations. We were asking questions. We were in open communication with the people here. And eventually we just kind of reached that that final tipping point. We, we crossed the threshold where we just, um, this just makes, this makes sense. This, this um, very much fits who we are. And yeah, there was some fear with that because you're signing yourself up for a, a lot of the consequences of saying yes you know ta- talking about moving your family uh talking about um settling into a place uh where are you going to settle what does that look like and um i think eventually you reach a point where you have to pull that trigger like you said one way or the other and to not let fear stop you from saying yes but also not feeling shame if you're not 100% on there. I don't think you're ever going to find 100% satisfaction of like, yes, this is entirely who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that will ever, ever happen. So don't be looking for that 100%. But, you know, if you're, if you're <laughs> percentage-wise, I'd say if you're like 85% there, or 85, 90%, that's, yeah, say yes. That, that would be my guess on this but like you said i um really the only call that i've taken significantly on this is the call to serve here out of seminary so um jordan for you what did that look like like yeah what did you reach that threshold of you have to make a decision how did you go about saying yes sure uh to to north dakota and then back to uh your home congregation in michigan well north dakota was pretty easy um, despite the fact that it was North Dakota, um, I had uh, uh, roommates when I was living in, in. I'm sorry, I was halfway through sipping tea when you said that. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm I'm dying. Oh, good. Oh, hope you know Jesus. Ouch. Ready to meet him. Um, oh. Yeah, it it wasn't so hard. Like I went out there, and I I never really had much of a love for North Dakota. I had my grandparents out there in Grafton, so I spent some time out there. That was cool. I li- I liked. Grafton to visit them. Uh, then they moved to Fargo, and that wasn't super appealing to me. 
Um, it was a far way away. It was just so flat. I like trees. I like forests. And camping was a big family thing of mine. I couldn't imagine camping in a field. Like, there's just no privacy or seclusion. It was just, bleh. Um, I didn't really like the smell of cows. And so it was just like, whatever. Um, and then I even had a Bible, a roommate after Bible school who would play for me a song. He was from Tioga, so he kind of liked North Dakota a little bit better. Um, and he would play the song from the Medora musical, so come home to North Dakota, and it yep. bothered me. Uh, but anyways, having this conversation with people. Who was this people, roommate? Who, do I know that this That was roommate? Ben Olson. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So I met the people in the congregation um, and right away really, really enjoyed them. Uh, it was a, a good interview process. Um, it, it helped, like, during the interview time when I was there, I got taken up in a plane ride to see like the town from the sky and uh, just neat little things like that. Um, they were, they were really put together. It was walking into a healthy place um, and it was a, a place to go, you know, that was willing to take a risk on me and a new person who hasn't run like a show like that before. And so it was a great opportunity for that. So it was pretty easy the hard one was moving from North Dakota back to Michigan because when I went to North Dakota, I I really wanted to be there for one full ministry cycle, meaning like the the first kids I started with seeing them through graduation, which out there would have been eight years and uh, went past that. So it was like about nine and a half that I was there. Um, And in that time, you know, we, I got married, we started a family uh, because it was so far from Michigan um, we, the congregation there really became like an additional family for us. You know, we have people to this day that we still kind of like call our, our grandparents out there and, um, our, our friends. And, you know, whenever we go out to visit, there's still one family that like opens their whole home to us. And that's crazy. You know, that that's not normal. So that's, that's really special. Um, but we, really enjoyed it there and, and that was home and and generally i don't like change too much you know we've talked about that before um and so whenever we enter this evaluation process my starting position is no unless the lord changes something in me and that you know there's something about being the home congregation i love my family we didn't get to see them very much um i i like the trees and you know i i wasn't one that was like i gotta get out of here when i graduated so there was something intriguing about that for me too. And there, there have been conversations over the years about different things. Um, and, you know, I know there's people that really liked youth here and I knew the families out here. So that was um, pretty special. But then that process started where we started having conversations and it was really casual to start. And I think it was at fly. And so I was just like, yeah, we're looking. And I was like, well, you could ask, I suppose. Like, oh, and so then they we start that process. My name comes up, I do the interview, and I, I treated the interview kind of like free trip home, expenses paid. You know that was kind of nice. Um, but then they did do the vote and extended the extended the call and gave a couple of weeks to pray about it. And that was really difficult. Um, Sarah and I were were praying about both. Both we saw positives that could be in both places. And I just, I was at a place where I was like, I, I can't have this be something that is just, which one do you want? Because I'd have a hard time saying like, no, I don't want to 
come home. You know, I felt like all of my siblings had gone at this point and my parents are going to, you know, get older as they do. And, and it'd be nice to have somebody at home to help them out or just, you know, um, but at the same time, like I said, we, we grew so close to the congregation in Beulah, um, that I couldn't just leave to say, yeah, we just want to go someplace else. Like that didn't seem possible either. So in this process, it was the last day, um, that I had to kind of figure things out. And I got a call from my mom and she's like, I do not want to tell you this, but, um, everybody is saying that I need to, and I just don't want this to influence what's going on right now, but I've been diagnosed with something and the doctor is saying I've got about five to 10 years to live. And so when we received that message, um, for both Sarah and I, it felt like that's our answer. Um, we need to be home and, and we have this opportunity and, and that was, that was a multiple thing, multiple layers there. Um, because when I mentioned that to the congregation, they also were like, yeah, you need to go. And I felt like that was a huge opportunity for release for me and and getting their support because that relationship was so special and is so special to this day. Um, And then we moved back and mom got a second opinion someplace else. And the doctor is like, well, no, I don't think that's what you have. And so it was a, this, uh, I won't say misdiagnosis, but, um, and so you know, the temptation would be like, really? Like bait and switch God. But you could also see it as God's mercy in, in him knowing what I needed to make that decision and having that happen. And so that's kind of where I've been at. And and most recently um, here when we were evaluating that other thing, it was it was kind of another situation where I could see I could see this being seen by the congregation as, yes, this we don't like it, but we can understand this. Um, and that was, that was another way that I felt released, which leads to the other thing of like, what do you do when you've been looked over or passed over, you know, and and when you've kind of had your heart feeling like you are being called someplace and then finding out that that isn't going to happen. Um, and that was, that was difficult, but I think that's part of the process too. And like, like we said, it has this process of humbling you. And, And right now, I would say looking at at that position that I had been considering, um, I think they did make the right call and who they pursued. And um, I'm confident in that. The Lord's been showing different things here. So it, it was kind of a place where I said I would be content either place. But then when that opportunity got taken away, I was realizing, no, I'm pretty selfish. That I wasn't really, that was just kind of words that I knew I needed to say. Um, but it was it was a good process for the Lord to do work in my heart too. Um yeah, so it's it's definitely not easy. And and I know other pastors who've been in a place kind of as an associate pastor and like they were thinking about becoming senior pastor um and they really liked the congregation, but things weren't kind of going as they thought they would go and it, the the senior pastor didn't look like he was going to be stepping down. And so they ended up taking a call to another congregation. Um and it was really hard for them because they love that church too, but they felt like there is a bigger burden for churches that don't have anybody. And yet there's this congregation that had two. So um, it, it, it is tough. And there's so many different variables that can play into leading your heart in certain ways. But, but I believe that God knows us and knows what it takes. And if he, if this is part of his plan, um, he can make it happen. And, he, and if we're seeking his leading and my prayer has been, Lord, put me wherever 
I'll be most impactful for you. Um, and, and, you know, I say like my initial response whenever I get a call is no, but I do pray because I want to give God that time to change my heart if, if that's what needs to happen. And that's my agreement. You know, like people ask me about seminary all the time and, and that's kind of what I say too. You know, it's like, I'm not saying no to it, uh, but God knows I got a thick skull and he knows what he needs to do to make me do what he needs me to do. So I'll trust him in that. Um, so that's kind of where I rest. And I, I think that gives me a lot of peace as I, I evaluate these things. And it, maybe you resemble Jordan as you listen to this with your call process where um, you say yes to a church and um, I wonder if I should say yes or not. And I think if the fear, and this is where I come from when I say over-spiritualizing the call, like what happens if you get to that church and you find out that um, there was some misunderstanding or something has changed and uh, the church isn't exactly what you thought and maybe you're not exactly what the church thought. And you know what? There's uh, still opportunity to serve, still opportunity to work there. And um, praising the Lord on the misdiagnosis for your, your mom in listening to this, but uh, the Lord calling you to Michigan did not derail God's plan. Right. Uh, that did not foil God's will. And that's what I mean when I say over-spiritualizing is that we're so trying to focus on like i don't want to make any mistakes because i don't want to jeopardize my effectiveness for god's kingdom you know what god is going to use you no matter where you're at and it might not look like what you thought it was going to and that's okay um i do want to point out here too that as you say yes there's some administrative details that you need to consider as you get to the tail end of this process of interviewing and talking to this church is that uh, your church's constitution is going to have some, uh, probably some kind of details about what it looks like when you exit your current ministry setting. Um, I, I'm saying that especially for like if you're a pastor and considering this, uh, like looking at our church's constitutions, and I did say plural because again, I serve three churches where I'm at, but uh, there is uh, some expectations for the exit process that if you've taken a call, uh, at least our churches, they want you to stay on for three months, uh, kind of the transition of power to allow you to have that, uh, some final conversations to connect with people, to make sure that you are saying goodbyes, you turn over keys, the checking account, everything like that, anything that you have authority over. Um, also to be talking with uh, your, the church councils to say like, here's kind of where I've seen the church heading and maybe some suggestions for uh, the person that they are they might consider in the future. Uh, not that you have your fingers in the pie of the next call committee, uh, but that you have just a suggestion as the pastor to say, um, here's kind of the temperament of the church uh, from my perspective, and you would be well served to find somebody who uh, might be gifted in this particular area of ministry to help guide the church into where uh, it's heading. And uh, I think in that sense too, there's, um, a way for you, uh, if you're feeling restless, maybe you do sense that the church is heading in a, into a place that you're not particularly gifted in, and maybe you're wondering if God is leading you somewhere else, if your restlessness is caused by the Lord, if he is calling you somewhere else. Um, if that's the case, I would welcome, uh, send me a private message, because uh, speaking as networking coordinator uh, for our AFLC, there are actually quite a few churches right now looking for a uh, youth worker. 
Yeah, so if you are at all interested in uh, considering maybe uh, the Lord leading you someplace else, there are churches in, uh, I won't give specifics here, but I'll say that they're in Illinois, South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota, and um, and the, I'm sure there's others elsewhere as well that I've, I have no idea about right now. But um, if you are interested in either even part-time work or uh, maybe you're a student coming out of the Bible college listening to this, if you are, hello. Um, if you want to get involved with a church while you are going for uh, a degree or something like that, there are churches that are looking for people like that. There's also churches that are looking for full-time work as well. So um, if you're feeling restless, uh, I would welcome uh, a message uh, or a, an email or a phone call. Um, you can get a hold of us on our, our Facebook group. You can find me there at Flyover Ministry Podcast and um, would love to talk with you about that. One last thing as we wrap this up for our episode today, um, mm-hmm. I, I want to just reiterate that we, we've talked about the process and yes, you're not going to mess up God's plan if you take a decision to go someplace else. Um, but the other side of that coin too is there is a there is a large significance um, in having confidence because of a call. Um, when you're going through a tumultuous time in a congregation, uh but you are sure of God's call to that place for that time, it will help you get through quite a bit. And um, because of the circumstances of, of the transition that I went through, uh, there were some choppy waters and uh. that was really significant for me to be able to say, I know that this was not a mistake. Um, there's something in this that the Lord is doing uh, and has me here for. And, and that was really important um, in a time where it would have been really tempting to run, to stick it out, and to see what, what was waiting on the other side of that. It uh, did not make it easy um, by any means, but that's that's really important. And I think that's that's one of the significances that we want to keep in mind as we're talking about call, too. And I know some people that say, like, look, if the church has given you a call and you've accepted a call, that's the Lord's call. Um, but I think that that's when you approach this prayerfully, and seriously, and, and you feel confident in that, that's that's really significant for, for those moments, even when it's just same old, same old routine, and you feel like, what's what am I here for? Because we have those moments. Um, be assured, confident in, in the call that God, God has placed on your life uh, for that time and for that place. So, Anything else to add before we wrap up? I am just tremendously grateful for your testimony in in this and just to remind myself of how God has led me and uh, just really grateful um, for how God leads and guides every single one of us. So just encouraged as we record this. Sure thing. So with that, um, may you be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and his promptings and his leadings as you go in peace and serve the Lord. Thanks for listening to Flyover Ministry. You can find, follow, and give feedback on our Instagram and Facebook pages at Flyover Ministry. You can also get in contact with us on our Gmail account, flyoverministrypodcast at gmail.com. You can find other episodes that we've recorded on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, and please feel free to share them with a friend. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.